Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to the podcast. Thank you for joining us. We're going to talk today about what to do with your mind. We're made up as as people of three parts, spirit, soul, and body. We've covered that uh, quite in depth over the podcast. We are a spirit. We live in a body. We have a soul. Our soul is our mind, our will, our emotions. Um, the, the, the mind becomes really the battleground of the filter for our whole life. You know, when, when Adam was in the garden before the fall, his spirit, he was dominated by his spirit. His spirit had control. He had communion with God and he was a spirit dominated being, right? So his, he operated out of his spirit. When he fell, it turned around. His spirit got disconnected from God. Death came in. And so he was operated by, he was dominated by his soulish realm and by his flesh. The will is the greatest and strongest part of a human being, his will. That's why Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane said, Lord, not my will, but yours be done. He was, he was bowing and yielding the, the, the strongest part of who he is. The human will has caused people to climb Mount Everest. It has caused people to, to run ultramarathons in, 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 in deserts. It's, the will has caused people to, to, to accomplish great things. There's a runner um, uh, from, I think it's uh, Kenya, and he said uh, he ran the marathon in under two, <laughs> two hours, which is crazy. Four minutes, I think 38 seconds a mile for 26 miles. But he said, running is more of a heart thing and a mind thing. He said, if you don't control your mind, your mind will control you. And so as Christians, we're, we're now in this place where the Holy Spirit's come to live on the inside of us. But for many people, the, the battlefield's the mind. It's where the devil wages war. The devil can't send thoughts or beliefs into your spirit, but he can send thoughts into your mind, and then they can then be permitted into your spirit. So let's talk about the mind. The mind has four primary actions. Uh, number one is to think. Number two is to imagine. Number three is to learn. Number four is to understand. These are the four things the mind does. A man's mind distinguishes him from all of the other creatures on the earth. Man's mind has the power to reason and to decide. The human mind occupies a large place in the, humans, the human life as it determines your actions. There's always been a battle. God wants the human mind under divine subjection. It should be directed through the human spirit. That's the change that happens at salvation, where you become a person who then your spirit man comes back alive, but you have to yield. The Bible says, walk in the spirit, you'll not fulfill the lust of the flesh. If you notice when, when it talks about the lust of the flesh, it says the lust of the flesh, the 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 lust of the um, the flesh, the pride of life. Those pride is a is a mental thing. It's in the it's in the mind that that takes place, and so it's it's you you use your spirit to not to to win the victory, and that you're not doing what your mind tells you that you're supposed to do. A mind that's unrenewed. The devil wants to capture the human mind because the mind of man is so important. It's been it has been and is a perpetual battlefield. The mind suffer. The mind suffers greater onslaughts from the powers of darkness than any other part of the human personality. The battle began in the, in the Garden of Eden, uh, 2 Corinthians 11.3. But I fear lest by any means as the serpent beguiled Eve through his subtlety, so your mind should be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. The mind becomes the area where we as Christians have to do the most battling. If you want to talk about spiritual warfare, it's not above a city. It's in the minds of people. So let's talk about a couple different minds. There's minds, as Christians, we're called to have minds that are active for God. We, we, we yield our mind to our spirit and to the Holy Spirit on the inside of us. By yield, I mean we give place. If you think of a car driving onto an on-ramp, 
merging into traffic, it says yield. Yield means to, to go with the flow. So our mind is supposed to be in subjection to our spirit. Why? Because the Holy Ghost is going to speak to our spirit. So it's almost like you've got two different voices, right? You have the Holy Spirit on the inside of you, and he's going to say, hey, don't do this. Or so, let's just say there's someone that comes up to you and they're trying to like, they're trying to say something and you have an opportunity to respond back in the flesh, but the Holy Spirit's going to say, no, to your spirit, no, respond in love. And then your mind has a decision. Either your mind just, no, you've insulted me, you've insulted my pride, and then just responds. You're an idiot. You're good for nothing. You always do this. You're the one. And you just go back right in the flesh. Or you, you yield to the Holy Spirit, to his prompting, and you tell your mind, you tell your mind, you by your spirit, tell your mind what to do. Hey, you're not going to say that. We've all done that where we wanted to react a certain way, but we just said, no, a soft answer turns away wrath. The Holy Spirit will actually bring the scripture. That's his way. You'll be ready to respond a certain way and the Holy Spirit will remind you, a soft answer turns away wrath. And you'll say, oh, you know, it's okay. I'm sorry. You know, it probably was my fault. <laughs> Even when you know it wasn't and you want to respond and you want to shout and you want to raise your voice, right? And so we, we, we are called to have minds that are active for God. And then what we get on the other side is the, I'm going to call it the passive mind. It's the mind that's not active for God. It's a mind, most unbelievers are in this place of passivity towards God. It's a passive mind. The passive mind is blinded. Second Corinthians four, in whom the God of this world has blinded the minds of them, which believe not lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ. People just going around in the course of this world, just engaging in eat, sleep, work, party, or you know, whatever, even if it's not partying, eat, sleep, work, uh, relationship, um, promotion, what, you know, the normal path of life. Their minds are blinded by the devil. And so it's a passive mind that's blinded. The passive mind is reprobate, Romans 1, 28. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient. So the mind without Christ is actually opposes the things of God. That's why there's such a kickback where you get people who you say something like abortion is a, is a terrible, terrible thing. And people are like, no, the woman should have the right to choose. The mind is reprobate. It doesn't have the same moral standard God has. It's carnal. Romans 8, 7 says the carnal mind is an enemy against God. You know, even as a Christian, you don't have to be an unbeliever to have a carnal mind. Even as a Christian, many Christians have carnal minds. They think only on fleshly things. This is a mind that's not stirred up in the things of God. It's a mind that's just passive. Thinks about video games. It's a distracted mind. It's, it's flighty. It can't concentrate. It's a, it's a mind that's not stirred up to the things of God. The passive mind is fleshly. Colossians 2.18, let no man beguile you of your reward in voluntary humility worshiping of angels, intruding into those things which he has not seen, vainly puffed up in his fleshly mind. How many people do you know have a fleshly mind? Just only concerned about the things of the flesh. Don't often think about the Lord. Think about the things of God. Just fleshly. Not active for God. That's what a passive mind is. And that's the goal of the devil. He wants to get you not thinking about spiritual things. He wants to get you putting things off. He wants to make it that vacation is more important to you than seeking God. He wants to make it that sleep is more important to you than, than, than prayer time. He wants to make it that video games are more important to you than going to church. He wants to make it He wants to make it where, oh, you know, there's time and we just need to relax. If you find yourself looking forward to relaxing more than looking forward to spending time in the Word, that's a problem. We should hunger and thirst. It should be our actual desire to spend time with God. Your mind is being turned carnal, if that's the case, if you're looking forward to video games more than to, to, to spending time with the Lord. So what do we do? 
Well, that, that passive mind is a mind that's working against you. So what do we do? The Christian must destroy the passive mind. You know, r- world religions say that you're supposed to have an empty mind. They say you, you just empty your mind of all thoughts. That spiritism gets you to do that. Other world religions just empty your mind. That's actually dangerous. That's, that's where the devil can come and have ground. As a Christian, you're not called to have a blank mind. A Christian must exercise his mind. You must renew your mind. You must think about God. You must put your thoughts. God said in Isaiah 32, I'll keep him at perfect peace whose mind is stayed on me. You choose to center your mind on God's word. You choose to center your mind. You renew your mind. When the word of God says, you know, when a a temptation comes or a thought comes, you say, no, Lord, you said you haven't given any temptation that's not common to man that you don't also provide a way of escape. You, You exercise your thoughts on the word of God. Oh, you're going to be poor the rest of your life. No, the blessing of the Lord makes one rich. I'm rich and I'm getting richer. Not only am I going to be rich, I'm going to be so rich that people will be embarrassed about it. People will be embarrassed about it. I'm going to be so rich. I'm going to be so strong. I'm going to live, I'm going to live long. I'm going to live healthy life. You, you, you exercise your mind to what the Word of God says. That's how you destroy the, work of the, the, the carnal mind, the passive mind. Ephesians 4.17 this say therefore and testify in the Lord that you hence walk worth not as the Gentiles walk in the vanity or the emptiness of their mind. So you fill your mind with the truth. You fill your mind with the love and the power of the Lord. There's an inactive mind. The mental inactivity leads to mental laziness. We're supposed to, you know, your mind is a muscle that's supposed to go stronger and stronger and keener and keener as you get older. You aren't off, off the hook now that you're 21 and you're out of college. You learn and you grow and you apply your mind to, to the things of God and to uh, the things of this life. The mental process should never be under bondage. An inactive mind desires to do things but never acts. Worry can cause this type of inactivity. Fear can cause the mind to become weakened to the point that it cannot function properly. The Bible tells us what to do. So what do I do with my mind? The Bible actually tells you what to think about. Jesus said, take no thought for your life, what you're going to eat, what you're going to drink. So if you're thinking all the time about paying bills, Jesus actually told you, don't think about that. Instead, seek first the kingdom of God. He said, and all these things will be added unto you. He, he told us, Philippians 4, 8, he said, think on these things. He said, whatsoever things are good, whatsoever the things are honest, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are of a good report, if there be any praise, if there be any virtue, think on these things. What are you thinking on? Is it outside of the realm of those things? Everyone's meditating on some, something. And so you renew your mind by thinking on the word of God. You renew your mind by, by, by putting it on scripture. For people who can't sleep, who have a restless mind, you renew your mind by putting it on scripture. If you're laying in bed and you can't sleep, I want to challenge you. Think about scriptures. R- run scriptures through your mind. Put the word of God. The word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. There's an undisciplined mind. The human mind must be disciplined to think on good things, on, on things that God wants you to think on. So what can you do about it? Number one, you can bring every thought into captivity. Second Corinthians 10, three through five, for we walk in the flesh. We do not war after the flesh. You know, this is the battlefield and many of you are young. And so the awesome thing is that we have an opportunity as young people to begin to fight against the war in our mind. Because I want to tell you, it doesn't change. I talk to people of all ages, and there's people in their 70s who are just as much in bondage as people in their, who are 18 or 19. You have to decide that you're going to take thoughts captive. When a thought comes of who you are in Christ, or a thought comes rather that's contrary, oh, you're good for nothing, you have to take it captive. It's like you're standing there. It's like you're 
it's like you're standing there and there's only two types of thoughts. There's good thoughts and there's bad thoughts. And every time a bad thought comes, you say, nope, and you put it in jail. You take it captive, right? It's almost like you're the, the border patrol and you're looking for someone. There's legal people and illegal people. And if they're legal, you let them through. If they're illegal, you, 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 you put them in a cage, right? You, you, you say, no, you go back, you send them away. That's what it means to take every thought captive. And I know maybe that's a poor example, but it's a, no, it's a good example. And that's what people are supposed to do. If you're, if you're a policeman, you know, there's, there's, there's people and you're looking for a suspect. You, there's the ones that can pass and the ones that can. If you're, a, if you're the one who's at the door checking to see if the people have the right badge, this is an entrance for the pastors only, for VIPs. All right, sorry, you don't have the right badge. It's the same thing. The thought comes and you send the thought away. That thought that tells me, you know, I'm, I'm lazy, I'm good, for no, I'm good for nothing, I'm overweight, I'm a loser. You take those captive. Lord, you, you, that's not a pure thought. That's not a good thought. That's not praiseworthy. You said to think on good things. No, I'm a disciplined person. I'm a child of God. I got the mind of Christ. Jesus said so. And so you take every thought captive. For the weapons of our warfare, this is 2 Corinthians 10, 3-5. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. What does that mean? If it doesn't, if, if the thought doesn't say what Jesus said. Now, this isn't like, all right, I, I can't think about the grocery list because it's not, you know, I'm t- you know, there's normal things. If you're working a job, there's things, there's thought processes. God, God will actually anoint your mind as a Christian, anoint your mind to function at a high level, to be the best that you can be. But when it comes to things about life, thinking about who you are, thinking about the future, you always filter it through the lens of the Bible. And then we put off the old man, Ephesians 4, 17 and 18. This I say, therefore, and testify in the Lord that you henceforth walk not as the Gentiles walk in the vanity of the mind, having the understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God through the ignorance that is in them because of the blindness of their heart. So you choose. I put off the old man. You, you're, you're a new creature in Christ Jesus. And then lastly, the mind can cause spiritual pride by convincing you that you are God's special vessel, that you're more spiritual than others, and that God will soon open amazing doors of ministry for you. Such thoughts disarm the vigilant. Through salvation, man's mind undergoes a dramatic change. He uses the sword of the Spirit. We must not, be, we must not only be unshackled, but we must be empowered. So you yield your mind to the human spirit. So I want to ask you, what type of thoughts are you thinking? Are they pure thoughts? Are they good thoughts? Are they thoughts that God is good for you? What do you do with your mind? You yield it to the spirit, man. You yield it to the spirit of God and you overcome and you choose to fight because if you don't, you'll be 50, 60, 70, still going around the same circles, living in defeat. You choose. The Bible says it. And then the Bible has power to produce after its kind. It's perfect seed. I love you. God bless you. You know, I'll tell you this before I wrap up. I used to be a glasses half empty person. I used to figure out what was the worst case scenario and get okay with that. I was not a, I was not the most positive person, but that changed because I started seeing that I had victory through the word. And so the Bible doesn't, the Bible says that he would never leave me nor forsake me. He said that I've never seen the righteous forsaken. And so I decided to think along those thoughts. The Bible says that I'm rich. The blessing, I'm not trying to get rich. I'm blessed with Abraham. The blessing of the Lord is upon his people. His blessing makes one rich and adds no sorrow. I am rich. I'm getting richer. You choose to think what the Bible says. God bless you. I love you. We'll see you on the next podcast.